0: Hello and welcome to the field of 12 after dark. This is day four of our marathon conference preview spectacular shows. We're doing the ACC tonight. My name is Greg Waddell. We are presented to you as always by Bet Rivers and I am joined by a backfield for the ages tonight. We've got Penn State's very own Christian Hackenberg. We've got Clemson running back, national champ, Darian Rencher making his Field of 12 debut tonight. Boys, I'm excited. Let's get right into the most exciting part of the episode. We're we're going to do our three cheers at the top. Give me a figure. This could be a player, a coach, anybody involved in ACC football. Give me someone you are most excited for for this season and why.
1: All right, I'm going first. Look, here we are. If you're an ACC fan, you know this kid because he literally came out of nowhere. He's running over everybody, all of everybody from Syracuse from Syracuse Sean Tucker running back went crazy last year my favorite thing about him though is he tweets after every game how pleased he is with, with his performance he'll like random He'd be like I'm so pleased with my performance I had 16 carries for 200 yards even though we won we lost 11. no I'm not joking I think he has an NIL deal which says I'm pleased so my most exciting figure for the ACC this year is Sean Tucker running back cheers His post right.
2: game tweets I'll, I'll drink to that Hack, who you got? So I mean, I I it's hard to follow that up, but I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go more traditional. Um, I'm really excited for my guy Brennan Armstrong down at UVA this year. I think he's hey. got a ton of weapons coming back. Um, there's a little bit of question marks up front in the offensive line for me, but I think there's enough juice outside and his ability to spit the ball um is gonna be good. So I'm really excited for my guy Brennan Armstrong down there to have a good year um and hopefully set himself up nicely for a, for a future NFL career,
1: bro. I'll drink to that because I've become a part who's fan because of coach Elliott. So I'll drink. Yeah. Cheers. All
0: right. Well, if we got the running back pick in the running back, we got the quarterback pick in the quarterback. I feel obligated to pick a different figure quote unquote. So I'm going to go the coach route here, boys. Okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do a cheeky little like half happy cheers, half grumpy cheers to my old big 10 pal, Pat Narduzzi. Okay, for those who don't know, I'm a Big Ten guy, Michigan State graduate. Pat Narduzzi was my defensive coordinator when I was in school. He made some interesting comments coming back for the Big Ten this year. We're going to get to that and a lot more tonight. So I'll start off with a cheers to you, Pat Narduzzi. Cheers. There's a lot to talk about tonight, boys. We have, of course, your own Clemson Tigers. We're going to lead with them in just a few minutes you know are they back they had what 100%. most schools what most schools would consider a great year maybe a down year for them they're still the betting favorite by far i'll bring the betting numbers out we've got new coaches in this conference we've got mario cristobal at miami after 5 years at oregon making his debut there are a ton of teams in this conference that i genuinely feel believe that they can compete this season and they're not crazy for it. There's not a lot of power conferences in this sport that you can say that about. I think this conference is going to be one of the most hotly contested ones out there. And the biggest reason why, boys, it's your position, Hack. It's the quarterback spot. Let's, just, let's just start there. I'm going to throw it to you first, Hack, because like I said, yep. this is your spot. Is this the best conference for quarterbacks in the country?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say the best conference. I think there's a lot of talent out there, but this conference is very intriguing. I think there's some guys who are, who have shown what they can do last year. One of the guys was a guy I toasted and Brendan Armstrong. I think Devin Leary came on very strong. Um, There's, 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 there's a a lot of guys who are going to have a chance, some new coaches coming in to see how they adjust. Um, And realistically speaking, I think this is a very wide open conference, uh, Even with Clemson, I think it's still a wide-open conference because they have a lot to prove to me in terms of adjustment. uh, That's tentatively saying also looking at their track record. I think Clemson, obviously, talent-wise, looking at their roster, they should be where they are. But a lot of change, a lot of turnover. I think this is going to be the most challenging year for Dabo in his career and his tenure at at Clemson just with the change. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing it. But definitely a conference to watch um, if you're interested in quarterback play because there's a lot of good quarterback play top to bottom.
1: All right, I'm gonna follow that up with this. I think this is maybe maybe hacking. Say I'm wrong. I think this is one of the most well-proven quarterback groups in the country. And look at like statistically, the guys have put up numbers. You got Armstrong, obviously. Hartman's out. Devin Leary, mm-hmm. Van Dyke, Um, and then at the same. Time, I find some of these quarterbacks have the most to prove. You got a guy like DJ, who obviously had as much hype going the last season as, as anybody in the country it was the first in the Heisman running. I think he has the most approved out of any quarterback in the country, but definitely ACC to prove he can be the guy, be the guy for Clemson. Then also, Phil Djurkovich. People sleep on Phil Djurkovich, dude. Mm-hmm. We were game planning for Boston College a couple of years ago, when I guess two years ago before he got hurt. And, though, he's a dude. I think he could way beyond potentially be a first round pick. He has a size, got the arms, got Zay Flowers. So I'm, I think I'm excited. Now, obviously, you got guys like uh, Malik Cunningham, playmaker, uh, Jordan Travis, the playmaker. Um, so you got a lot of different types of quarterbacks but at the same time i think what most proven and also most they got a lot to prove this year
0: i'm, I'm happy you for. mentioned malik cunningham because uh so i just so you both know i don't know if <clears> half <throat> <throat> knows this or not i'm a little bit of a degenerate gambler okay i love to do that <laughs> with college football malik cunningham i bet on that dude every single game last season my favorite player to tail he'll cover the spread the for sure country.
2: I mean, yeah, he'll I, cover I, the spread. He's got, you got all kinds of oddball things. I mean, he was basically a 4,000 yard guy. He was about a couple, couple, you know, what was it, you know, 80, 90 yards short of 3,000 yards passing, rushed for 1,000. So, yeah, I mean, definitely. he rushed for to 20
1: touchdowns. I mean, he had the most in the conference. And yep. at the same time, there's no, look, here's, here's my take there's no Lamar Jackson. And if they won a couple more games, more than 50%, I think he gets a lot more praise than he does. I feel like he, like nationally, if there was no Lamar Jackson, what he's doing, it's crazy. Like, game planning for him is not like no cakewalk. Like, he's a playmaker. Like, is he the, maybe best,
0: the best, best dual threat guy in the country?
1: He's got to be. I mean, who, I don't, who, who else? As far as I, – I, I can't think of anybody, anybody else. I mean, Jordan Travis is fast, but I feel like he – even at offense, is kind of wishy-washy sometimes. But I just
2: – I think, I think the way that they – that Louisville has traditionally had their quarterbacks in those positions – you named him in Lamar Jackson, it's the offensive scheme sets up for him to be as dynamic as possible. They really use the quarterback run game um, to kind of balance things out.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So to sum up the quarterback conversation, my spin on this may not be the most talented, like you said, Hack, they're missing a CJ Stroud. They're missing a Bryce Young. They're missing a guy who I think is a no brainer Heisman hopeful type guy. Right. But I think it's fair to say it might be the deepest Deepest. contingent of quarterbacks in the country. And on that note, I'm going to force you guys to play a twisted little game here. (laughs) Everybody's heard of the whole Mary screw kill game, right? We're going to do a field of 12 version of that quickly. Okay. This is for three quarterbacks. I'm going to throw ACC quarterback names at you. Darian, we're going to go to you first here. The three names, Devin Leary, Phil Jerkovich, and Tyler Van Dyke. I want a touchdown, Mary, a first down, screw, and I want a turnover on downs, who you'd kill from that group.
1: Leary, Jerkovich, Van Dyke. Can I have a confession here? I've never played this game in my life. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hack, do you want to demonstrate? Hack Hack knows the game. Hack, do do me the honors, please. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I will. I I think Leary for the touchdown, Van Dyke for the first down. And Jerkovich for the kill, and that's not a, 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 a dig at Jerkovich, but I think what I saw last year, I think uh, the surrounding cast, supporting cast for those three, I think that's how I would, that's how I would lay it
1: out. Okay. So bas- it's th-
0: basically who do you trust most to least, right? One, two, yeah. Three,
1: and we're going that way. I think I like Leary because he's very efficient playing against those guys. I mean, that offense runs through him, and I feel like he. He just – he doesn't make mistakes. That's why I'm, I look at his game. He doesn't make mistakes. He's very efficient. He uh, makes the right reads. Whether that's a five-yard pass or a 20-yard pass, he puts it on the money. So I'll go him. And then I'm going to go Jerkovich. I'm telling you, I think Jerkovich is a dude. I think Van Dyke, he definitely surprised a lot of people. I didn't say he surprised himself because he knows he's a baller. But coming in as a freshman, I think he has, if he can follow that up, I think he definitely could be in the conversation for me the best in the league. But I'll go, uh Leary, Jerkovich, Van Dyke.
0: Wow. I think a lot of people would be surprised that Van Dyke's third in that group. I kind of had a little star next to his name. I think he's carrying a lot of weight for the Miami preseason height. What my was, my was your answer then? Give it yours. I, honestly, I think I'm going Van Dyke uh, for my touchdown, Leary for my first down, Jerkovich for my turnover. But I also haven't seen as much Jerkovich as either of you guys have. I'll say that. I've seen the national TV games from Van Dyke and Leary more than I've seen him. So, when he,
1: all right. when, he trans, when he transferred from Notre Dame, he came for blood that first year. I say people, people forgot, bro. I think he is a dude for sure. There's a lot of
0: dudes in this conference. I mean, there's there, no shots at anybody. I know we're already right. throwing shots 10 minutes into the episode, but there's a lot of good players in this conference, especially at that position. All right. Speaking of good players, we're going to go to Darian's alma mater here. We're going to go to, to Clemson. Right now at our partner, Bett Rivers, Clemson is minus 152 to win this conference. So for non-betters out there, that basically means they're a runaway favorite. There are only two other teams in the entire country in power conferences that you have to lay a minus number, meaning you have to bet more money than you'll win uh, to place a bet on them to win their conference. It's Alabama and Ohio State. I mean, powerhouses that have sort of historically year after year won those conferences. And Clemson is definitely that, as you know very well. Darian, I mean, we're talking 10 games or more have been won by this program 11 years in a row. The problem is last season was the most losses Clemson's had since 2014. You were there up close and personal. What's the biggest difference of why Clemson did run into some struggles last year? And do you think that's going to carry
1: into this season? Last year was the perfect storm. And you speak of, like, a big a big uh, thing, like a mantra in our program is the 10 wins in the la- last 11 seasons. And I was a part of senior class. I almost put that in jeopardy because Coach Swain says he loves every team. But I promise you, I feel like he would have disowned us if we didn't get that 10th win this year. And we got it the last game, the bowl game. So, I mean, it, it could have went either way. And Hack said something earlier. He thinks this season will be his most challenging year. I think last year was Coach Swinney's most challenging year. As, as well, a down year at Clemson's 10 wins, I feel like, a lot of teams will, will pay big money to have a down year. And so on that point, I think last year could have easily been a six and six year. We were four and three, and we lost a pit. And I, that locker room, I haven't felt like that. I was there for six years, way too long. Uh, I haven't felt like that in my entire career. And so um, I think last year, the leadership, his leadership, the culture of the program was on display more than ever. Cause a lot of teams folded in those moments when they were four and three and then, like the season went downhill. We kind of rallied back together got our 10th win, uh, wasn't able to accomplish a lot of goals, but neither here nor there. And so I think going to this year, we look at a lot of, a lot of reasons we struggled. Obviously, quarterback play is a, the biggest the biggest point. Offensive line, there was no cohesion, no depth there. Receivers, we couldn't stay healthy. The defense has been the bright spot. And I think the momentum from last year is going to be multiplied with this, this year's team. I mean, they might, not, not they might, they have the best defensive line, Defensive ends and D tackles in the country. They're too deep. I feel like all those guys will play on Sunday. Maybe let's mark it down here. We'll, we'll do the research in, in like a year or two. They're too deep. We'll play all play on Sundays at some point. They'll get a shot. And then look at the running back room. I think they got three guys in there that are special, like not just backups, like all three of those guys can play. You got Shipley, Kobe Pace, Phil Maffa. Uh, the biggest question mark is the quarterback situation. And I'll say this about DJ obviously did not live up to the hype. Of being a Heisman coming off, coming off his freshman year. But nobody in that team ever questions commitment. And so that's where I hope he can put it all together this year and be the player that, it would be different too if nobody saw it. Bro, you do not go to Notre Dame and accidentally throw for four hundred twenty yards. You know, you, you, you tell, I don't know if Hack can say that. as a court, you don't accidentally do those things. You don't come back, Boston College, and rally back and win those games as a freshman. Like those aren't accidental things. You are a baller. And so hopefully the this year, what we would love to see is him put it all together. But at the same time, Coach swinney has got insurance this year. Last year, we didn't have that. You got Kay Clubman coming in. You got his first transfer to portal. Hunter Johnson was a former five-star. You got three five-stars in that quarterback room. And so somebody's got to get the job done. I think that's the biggest question, Mark, going to this year. And I I would – I mean, it's another Clemson championship, in my opinion. I think last year makes it fun for the ACC to see Pitt win one, to see North Carolina State get a, get a, get a win over us. But – I think it's Clemson all the way for sure. That's yeah, the t-
0: the team seemed close last year too at times,
1: right? They opened the
0: season yeah. with a seven point loss to the eventual national champion. So look we, look, we learned
1: we learned we learned our lesson. Look, I don't I don't know who makes these schedules. We win that game. I think a lot of things are different. We, we that put a lot of ghosts in our head last year. You look at our schedule this year. I think we start, we're starting out. We got Georgia Tech. We got a couple. I ain't gonna say cakewalk games, but you know what I'm saying. Just get some momentum going. Like let's get, a bunch
0: get
2: of the yeah, rolling. yeah, momentum. Yeah.
0: Hack, you said at the front that you're not necessarily buying that this door is closed for the middle pack teams to potentially sneak in, and they can't compete with a team like Clemson this year. Is this just home yeah. cooking from dairy in here?
2: No, no, I, 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 I don't think it is. I think historically speaking, I mean, you could go back this is way before my time, Darren's time. I mean, this goes back into the nineties and eighties, like Clemson has historically always had an extremely talented roster. Right. And I think what Dabo has found success in is he's finally started to put these guys in really good situations consistently. Right. He's had consistency within his program. Um, and I think that that has bred the success that they've had. And now the problem is, is when you set a standard like that and you have the dominance that you've had, especially when the Florida States and the Miamis who traditionally have run the ACC have been down, you got to prove it year in, year out. And I know that you said a 10 win season, you know, a lot of, a lot of programs would pay a lot of money for that. I, I completely agree with you, but when you've had such a stronghold on a conference that has been down historically speaking to what, the other talent within the, within the pool has produced Um, that, that, I mean, that, that puts question marks. And the reason I said, I think this year is going to be the biggest challenge for him is you lose defensive coordinator, you lose offensive coordinator, both of them take head jobs. The offense was the biggest question mark for that team in terms of consistency last year, you had the guys, you had the roster, what was different between DJ and Trevor um, you know, the, just me watching and not being in the locker room. And I understand there's a lot of different dynamics. That was my biggest question mark. And then you have the strongest part of your, of your, of your team and your defense, the guy running the show leaves and takes the head job at Oklahoma. So that's where I see. I think I trust the fact that the guys in the locker room and the standard. And I think Dabo is a big culture guy. Like you said, I trust the fact that that's going to carry them through into this year, but Ultimately, you have to wait and see when you don't have for and consistencies um, like that. I think that 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 leaves room for hesitancy in terms of how you evaluate what's to come. They got the talent. They got the guy running the show who's done it, who has a who has a standard set. Can you carry it on with new guys at the helm at different positions and uh, different roles within your coaching staff? I think Dabo on can the, do it, but I want to let it, I want to, I want to see it. Right. I, it's, I'm right. a show me guy. I'm a show me state guy. Dude. Sure. Like, I, I, I want to <laughs> see it. You know what I mean? So um, I have the utmost confidence in him, but I think that that's, that's, it's still out there.
1: On that note for his legacy, even though I thought like he solidified, he's a, he's a goat in college football terms, but you look at his legacy. This last run has been with Coach Elliott and Coach Venables. I think if if he can do what I believe like the program is set up to do when he's capable of, I find like this next run of him hiring new coordinators is really going to show his brilliance. In my opinion, I thought like well, the program is set to 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 make and, this to make this next leap.
2: And the funny thing, you say that. I mean, the guy he studied under has been doing that the last five years down in Alabama. So. I think, that there's, I think that there's some ties to that, and I, I think that's a very great – I think that's a fantastic point. You see Saban year in, year out. He sets the standard. He has the program. The program runs itself, and he's been able to just filter in offensive coordinators, defensive guys. Those guys leave and go take other jobs, but it's just been rinse and repeat, and everyone gets in line when they get in there. This year is Dabo's, Dabo's year to see if he can do that and make that turn, and I, I completely agree with you. Hack, I want to loop back to, to DJ here
0: because from a quarterback perspective, obviously careers, they're both long and short, right? If you play four years in college as a four-year starter, that can feel like a decade, but at Mm -hmm. the same time you snap your fingers and it's done, you know, very well, there's ups and downs. Fan bases can be critical. They can be harsh, especially, especially when you've shown it one year, and then maybe the team as a whole hits some obstacles and maybe your play's part of that or not, but now there's a new face and there's a highly touted new face. And it's a face that the coaching staff in Cade Klubnick is saying, will play this season. They're saying it's DJ's job, but they are saying there will be opportunities for Cade to play. How does that element impact a quarterback mentally?
2: Well, I think that there's two directions that it can and whichever direction you choose really tells what type of guy you have, if that makes sense. Um, You know, I think if I'm DJ going into this, I think his freshman year he had opportunities to step in similar to Cade on his heels right now with Trevor. Um, And to your point, Darian, I mean, went out and played fantastic, some stupid numbers against some really good teams and some really cool venues and that ultimately set his expectations and his bar right what i believe too high for somebody when you look at the field of work that he actually did it was what two three games his freshman year that he played yeah
1: like two two full games
2: yeah so he played two full games his freshman year that's a very small sample size to set the astronomical expectations but that's the nature of the beast that's the nature of our of college football in today's world, in today's society, people crave it. And, you know, ultimately, if you show something, you got to continue to do that. Um, right. I think for him, he just needs to get back to sticking to what got him there, trusting in himself, because obviously no one in their right mind will say DJ is not talented enough to do what he does. So I think that there's got to be some cohesion with the offensive scheme in terms of putting him in positions to do what he does best. I think you have the flexibility at a place like Clemson where you can do that because you're not hindered by a lack of talent in really any position on the the offensive side of the ball. So If I'm DJ, I'm focusing on that and control what you can control, control the controllables, go out when you get your chances, do what you know what, do what your coach should do and and do what your talent allows you to do. Um, And he cannot look over his shoulder. If he does, he's setting himself up for failure. He needs to continue to just keep his head down, stack those little wins day in, day out. And like I said, guys got NFL first round talent. Um, He just has to he just has to stay in the process and prove it.
0: Yeah, and to your point on expectations, at this time a year ago, if you went to our friends at Bet Rivers and tried to place a futures bet on who to win the Heisman, DJ's odds were right in line, equal with Bryce Young. He was a bigger favorite than CJ Stroud was at this time last season. So, I mean, no one doubts the talent. Uh, He's got some work to do to get back up there. All right, we'll end the Clemson segment on this, guys. I'm going to give you two options. And again, this is back to the Bed Rivers prop. But All right. You either got to pick who, who wins this conference. Is it Clemson or is it the field? Darian, I think I know what your answer is going to be.
1: You said the field?
0: The field, meaning yeah. any other team. Anyone else. Any
1: other team in this conference but Clemson. Oh, look, yeah. look, I'm trying to not be biased. I obviously have a Clemson jersey hanging right behind me. <laughs> but, I mean, we're talking facts here. Like, I believe the program won the precedent the culture. Is if anything, last year I feel like it makes the AC more exciting. But it's been dominance up until that point. It was six in a row. I thought last year would be the seventh. It obviously was not. I think Pittsburgh won it. They lose like two. They lose two of their best. But they lose Kenny Pickett, Jordan Addison. i come back with a good defense. Wake Forest was in the running. They got they lose Sam Hartman. NC State is the only one I think that could. Obviously, they're on our side of division. That's going to be a game. October first is going to be. And the way both of those schedules looking, NC State, man, I don't know who wrote their schedule out, but they're trying to be undefeated for sure. I, I, look, I think that let me pull up their schedule real quick, bro. They're playing like, hold on, um, those first games they got East Carolina, Charleston Southern, Texas Tech, UConn, and it's Clemson. I'm like, dang, if you was just trying to get ready for Clemson, just say that. But Clemson, is my is my is my pick. I believe the defense is gonna be one of the best in the country. The running back room, field, receivers, if they can stay healthy, it could be some of the most talented guys that come through the program. The biggest question mark to me, even though people question DJ, is the offensive line. Last year, we had no competitive depth. And that is, I think it's gonna serve so many of those guys well this year. You got a lot of cohesion amongst the starting five, but a lot of young competitive depth in that O-line room. And I think it it, it may DJ see some ghosts at times. So I'm going with Clemson. I think it's going to be the seventh out of the eight, the past eight years, another Clemson championship. That's what ACC stands for. So Clemson's my pick. Same question to you, Hack. Like I got to hear
2: is it the field or is it Clemson? No, I think, I think you make a great point there, Darian. I think early on you're going to kind of figure out, I think both teams schedules do set up well for them to that October 1st being kind of a, a, at least a divisional and if not a conference defining moment. Um, I do think that Clemson ultimately has the roster, and I think they have the leader in Dabo to right, right the ship, get everything, get every, get everyone rowing in the right direction, um, and get it done this year. Um, that's not to knock the other, the other teams. I think that there are some, there's some cultures that are being defined. NC State being one of them. Um, I'm really excited to see what happens down at Miami because it would be great to have them back on the uh, big stage of college football. It, it, it would be,
1: it would be, man. Like and, them to say, like you want yeah, to be good,
2: you know? I'm telling you, man. It's just it's better for the it's better for the health and wealth of college football. So I think, um, you know, this year I think it's going to be Clemson, um, but. I think that there's some really good developing things happening within the conference coming off of what I think have been a few lackluster years, comparatively speaking, um, Agreed. in terms of depth of the conference. Right.
0: So let's jump to some of those developing
2: contestants,
0: you could say, right? Let's stay in the Atlantic because I think preseason, the the darling team is the one you said, Darian. It's NC State. Right. They've got Leary leading the offense. They've got 10 starters back on defense. This is the second consecutive year that they're bringing 10 starters back. I mean, this is essentially yeah. three straight years of this same defense. It was the second best defense in the ACC last year. I'd argue it's the only defense in the ACC that's going to hold up on paper with the talent that Clemson can roll out on that side of the ball. So I'll go to you first, Darian. Do you take NC State seriously as a major threat to Clemson's hopes at a title in this division?
1: No, you, I think you have to like, and that's, they obviously got, they got up on us last year. They, they won that game in double overtime. And just, if you watch the ACC, especially Clemson and NC state, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's it's a robbery already. A, there's a championship on the line. There's a trophy being presented. Whoever wins that game. And it's saying to Clemson, the past, I don't know, however many years and this year it's NC state now. And Coach Sweetie and Dave Dorn have an interesting little, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, there's some sauce there. And we feel as a program, that's a game that's like a culture game for us at Clemson. Like we know going to that game, it's a little rowdy. NC State fans are, hey, they're diehards. They'll go the pack, they're gonna let you know. They're gonna talk, they're gonna chirp, and you like that. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot right there that I think is good for the conference. And then like I said last year, them getting that win, to me, like 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 Hack was saying it really takes their program to that next level. Because that's that's kind of been the, the – uh, kind of a threshold point for them to, like, if they can get over this point, they're, like, now solidified to where, like, what's, what what other limits do they have? So they beat Clemson. So their next goal is to win a conference championship. And that's, I know that's what Dave Doran's preaching to those guys. Like, are you already beat them. Let's go all the way this year. And so I think they definitely present a, a, a threat. And in the middle of the season, I mean, that game to me – Looking at both schedules, we'll decide who's in Charlotte this year on our side of the Atlantic. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited.
2: <laughs> no, I um, I agree with you. I think, I think NC State, you know, and my biggest question is, is, especially when you have a team like that who really came out of nowhere last year. Um, yeah. You know, Devin really hadn't proved himself as a consistent guy pulling the trigger up into that point. Um, but they had a lot of emerging talent around him. That defense continued to stack wins and get better and better and better. Um, I'm looking forward to see if they can take that step of becoming not what Davos trying to become, but now trying to solidify themselves as a consistent contender in a conference that really has been begging for a consistent contender outside of Clemson, South Carolina. Um, So, Uh, I think, um, you know, obviously right now heading into it, they got the tools offensively, the defense, like you said, Greg, returning 10 starters, that's invaluable. It's something that, you know, fans may not appreciate, but people who've been in locker rooms really know what that means. You start to know how a guy is going to react versus a certain route concept and things of that nature. There's a lot of just minutia in the game that they can really um, that experience you know, pays dividends for. So I'm excited to see how, how it happens. And like I said, I'm going to have October 1st circled and I am going to be really excited watching that football game. Cause I think it's, I think, I think to your point, Darian, it's going to, it's going to define that side of the conference. For sure. So one question
0: I have with NC state, obviously the experience on paper and not even on paper on the field is a massive yeah. element of this team in a positive way. This team, right. I think, also might see some ghosts in some bad ways here because if you look at last season they were this close 1 point loss at Miami 3 point loss at Wake Forest they had the Clemson win but i mean at, at some point like it, we kind of talked about this in other conferences with teams like last year Jake Butt said it with Michigan like they finally had to slay goliath is there an element with this team just in their history that maybe could be worrisome heading into this season of how they can close out close games with all the same faces back there in?
1: To, to, my, to my knowledge, being a part of a program that kind of gets over that threshold, it's like one thing to think you can do it. And then like last year, I don't know if they like they finally did it. So I feel like now they're going to, should they believe they can? And I mean, Hack knows, sometimes as a program, we're trying to get over a threshold. You put so much into one game that you lose track of everything else. It's like, you finally get this win and you're like, dang, I got to go play four other games I didn't prepare for. So you make your whole season, your whole offseason geared towards this one game. And so that's kind of how I feel like some of those, those losses for them were. They like finally beat Clemson, but then when it was time to go see the do at other places, the focus wasn't there. The killer, killer instinct wasn't there. And so this year, I mean, like I said, that October 1st game is going to be huge. But to me, what's going to define the program even more are the games not Clemson. Because can you go win? every week, weekend and week out, on the road, at home. That's what, that's what makes you not a good program, but a great program and a true contender in this conference.
0: Yeah, all right, let's do a quick reset here. For anybody watching at home, this is the Field of 12 After Dark. We are going to be here all season long doing live shows post-game reactions, midweek stuff every single day of the week. You'll be able to listen to us. You'll be able to watch us on the YouTube channel. If you are watching us now on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, so you can see more of Darian, Hack, myself, and all the other faces here at the Field of 12. We're about to jump in to a group of teams in this Atlantic division that I think all are intriguing and maybe a good half to a full step behind the two teams we just talked about. But like I said at the yeah. top of this, they all have reasons to believe that they can elevate up those pods, as Hack would like to say. One <laughs> of them is Wake Forest, and we're going to go in-depth on them in just a moment here. But first, our very own Trevor Knight was able to sit down with their defensive end, Rondell Bothroyd,
1: and here's that interview.
3: Uh, number 40 on the field some would say number one in your hearts rondell how we doing man
4: pretty good how are you appreciate you having me
3: yeah yeah absolutely thanks for being on hey walk us back through this offseason i know you didn't participate all of spring uh but give our listeners a little insight into the offseason there in winston-salem and leading into those dreaded summer workouts
4: uh yeah it sucks I didn't play in the spring, but I got a labrum surgery. So uh, just had to had to recover all season, lifted a lot, did a lot of legs. So uh, my legs are a little stronger. Um, and then getting back in the summer workouts was definitely fun, getting back with the guys because I missed all that team time with the guys. So it felt a little weird um, just because I didn't know the defense uh, as well as they did. But, yeah, the summer workouts, are it's always a grind, but it's always fun. Um, it's definitely not dreaded. They, they're hard, but um, it's fun. It's fun to get work in and know that you're working for the guy next to you and the other other guys on the other side of the ball.
3: No doubt. I, I remember from my playing days, summer workouts were always the hardest t- time of the year. We used to do these stadium runs that multiple guys would throw up each and every week. Right. Give us a little insight. What What is one of those things there at Wake Forest that they make you guys go through that it's just the dreaded activity every single summer?
4: uh it's not the summer we have the awakening in the winter like right before spring practice and it's it's just a bunch of it's like a bunch of drills and like competitions and there's always guys throwing up every day it's like a 5 a.m wake up it's just it's not even that long it's like a quick like either you're conditioned or you're not You, you either throw up or you're dead after
3: no doubt yeah it's uh It's it's not for the weary, that's for sure. Let me ask you this, kind of switching to the football side of things. You had an awesome year last year, 16 and a half tackles for loss. You really became a force to be reckoned with on that defense. And you guys had a great year, 11 and three overall, went to the ACC title game and came up just short. How do you guys build this offseason and coming into fall camp on the campaign you had in 2021 to go to bigger and better things here in 2022?
4: Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's uh it's a theme we have. I know I've probably probably heard it, probably we all say it a lot. But uh mindset, um, just not getting complacent because we were good last year, it really means nothing. Like being in the coach's bowl for the first time in however long. Um just not letting that noise get in the locker room, not letting that noise stop you from doing like an extra rep or doing less reps and just knowing that just because we were good last year it could mean we could go oh and 12 or um, i win whatever this year or we could win a national championship you know it's it's just work coming to work every day and being the same person every day
3: no doubt so I mean I'm I'm sure your head coach Dave Claussen is driving a lot of that culture talk about you and your relationship with your head coach what he means to you and how he's driving the culture there at Wake Forest
4: yeah he's um his, the culture he he created here is amazing just because and seeing it go from even my freshman year, four or five years ago, I think um, we weren't that good. And then seeing it to where it is now, ACC championship game, it's cool to see just what he's done with the program. Um, Cause he, he talked about this yesterday, actually, uh, that one of the most important things to him as a head coach is culture, and he never wants to lose that. And just having good guys in the program, regardless of how good you are at football, he doesn't want like guys that make the program look bad and that always transfers to the field and I think it's why that he's been successful and Wake has been successful.
0: That was a great interview from our very own Trevor Knight. While we were watching that interview, we were behind the scenes discussing Wake Forest this season. Obviously, they got some some harsh news up front, the loss of Sam Hartman. Our thoughts and our well wishes are with him that he can make a full recovery and potentially see the field again in his playing career, maybe even this season. But Beyond that, I mean, there's a lot of question marks on this team. Yeah. They were a darling last season. I think a lot of things went right for them that, if you flipped a coin, could easily go wrong the next time the exact sequence happened. And yet, they found themselves atop this division just a year ago. Hack, you seem skeptical of the Deeks heading into this season. Tell us why.
2: I am. I think. Uh, and obviously it's a very unfortunate situation with Sam Hartman, but I think a lot of their success was driven by his play and his ability to give his guys chances down the field. Uh, Very explosive offense. I don't think the offense was necessarily consistently sustainable. Um, And then defensively, they just did not do enough for me to say that and they don't have enough coming back for me to say that there's one part of this offense outside of Sam Hartman or defense that is going to allow them to have the same opportunities that they had last year. Um, you know, you, you, you said it, Greg, during our little break, the backup quarterback had two attempts or Darian, one of you guys said that yeah. the backup quarterback had two attempts last year. Um, that is very, very scary. Especially when you're dealing with a place when you're dealing when you're dealing with a place like Wake Forest, who isn't necessarily a destination and has consistently had to scrap and develop talent similar to like the Northwesterns of the world um, over. They do. They do. They have to develop talent over. they, They
0: do hack. But you you and I both are from Big Ten country. That seems like a little bit of a pot shot at Wake Forest here, man. Are we, we're really putting them in listen, the Northwestern pod to use your listen, own term. Are they in that? A, yeah.
2: Pod? Listen, I think, I think, yeah. I think when you talk about it, um, it's, it's, it's very hard. And like I said, I think it was a great year last year, but um, with Sam Hartman down and a lot of question marks, I think that this team is is going to have much more of an uphill battle this year than they think.
1: I, I second that take. Um I'm, as an AC guy, I am proud of the leap they made as a program because Dave Clawson has been a stand-up guy, and for them to finally get over that hump, even for them as a program, to they went 11 and three. Wake Forest was ranked number 10 in the country when they came to Death Valley this year. Even though we, it, it was a, a usual occurrence in the game, they still, I mean, for for them to be that, it's still like hats off to them, kudos to them. But to that point, you look at their season, especially defensively, like Hack was saying, they were they gave up. 30-plus points seven times. And they, they had a bunch of shootout games. And in some of those games, you watch those plays, you watch until like the last five minutes of the game, where it could go either way. And so for them to have that many games come that close, they won it because of leadership. And you lose your best leader going into the season, I personally don't think their team is going to be able to make those – to make that leap during those games Where you got when it comes down to crunch time. You need a leadership. You need a guy like Sam Hartman rallying the troops. You don't have that. I don't know if Wake Forest is eleven and three. And so I, I I'm not sold on them following up this season with another Cinderella year. I think if they could be a above fifty percent team,
2: get into a bowl game.
1: Get into a bowl game again, yep. just continue to make it competitive. I think that's what that program is. But they they could prove us both wrong and come back and follow it up another 10 win season. Who knows? But if I'm if I'm betting, I'm not not Taking that
0: bet. Well, you know I'm betting, so I appreciate the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going there. Look, this team, 13 starters are back, but that included Sam Hartman on paper, and that's, I mean, first of all, a lot of dudes are back in this conference across the board. Like we can go through team by team. A lot of these teams have like nine starters back on one side of the ball. Wake Forest doesn't fall into that category. And when your team, I don't want to call them one dimensional, but like when they went into games last year knowing that they had to score 49 points to win a ball game against. Yeah. I I mean, we we don't need to throw names of other programs out there, but we knew that's how wake forest went out and wanted to win games, even against the bad teams on their schedule. And then you lose the one guy who was capable of going out and winning that way. I'm very skeptical of what that does, even mentally and emotionally for a program heading into a season. So it'll be fascinating to watch. There are, Three other teams, though, who I think are right on Wake Forest heels, if not in the same group with them. That would be Louisville. That'd be Boston College. And that would be Florida State. And it wouldn't shock me. They're in the pod. They're in the pod. They're in the pod, right? It wouldn't shock me to see any of these three teams jump up a pod or cement themselves at the bottom of this division. So let's all take a turn, I guess. Darian, we'll start with you. Which of those three teams do you have the most confidence in to jump? up a pod and compete in this division?
1: You gave me Louisville, BC and Florida state. Yep. I don't, I'm more confident in Wake Forest. Than I am Louisville. We'll, will we'll go that take just because of just the culture and the program. Um, I think, look, I don't know why I'm such a Boston college fan today. I'm, I'm going Boston college. I think they have a really, their scheme works from their, their hard nose team. They've always been known. Like when you, play Wake, when you play Boston College, those linebackers are going to hit hard as hell. They're going to run through – every, try to run through everybody's face. And whether that works on that day of the game, that's what they're going to try to do. They're, they want to play bully ball. They're intimidating. They're tough. They play in the cold. They wear no shirts when they warm up. You know, all that stuff. That's what they do. <laughs> and so I like Boston College being able to make that leap. And I feel like the, the, the question mark last year was just that supreme quarterback play. I feel like Phil Jerkovic can fill that role. you got a really prominent receiver in Zay Flowers. You got a big, burly running back that can be like an A.J. Dillon-esque um, like he was when they were had some good some good years there. And so I like Boston College. I will say, like Hack Hillness earlier, I would love to see Florida State get back to being the powerhouse. It just makes everything better. And it's like traditionally Clemson – it wasn't Clemson, NC State. It was Clemson and Florida State. It would be really cool this year to see a Clemson, NC State, Florida State kind of going back and forth and – Speaking of even coach like Norvell, that's they paid Florida State paid him to bring them back. Like that's what they they he's getting paid to bring Florida State back to the prominence. Because you look at talent, they mean they put out as many first round like like NFL guys as anybody. They can never have they can never have a good team. That's always to be the downside to Florida State recently. But so hopefully they can put it. they got Jamie Robinson down there. Uh, hopefully they can figure out something around Jordan Travis. They always, they always had a couple good backs, and so I would love to see them be, be a contender, but. I'm I'm going Boston College
0: out of the three. Darren, let me ask you this real quick and then we'll get your answer on the same pod grouping there, Hack. So That's fine. you you mentioned it with with Norvell that he's yeah. really, I mean, he's essentially been tasked with get this program humming the right. way it was before you were right. here. He's eight and thirteen in his career as a head coach. If right. he doesn't get this back above the level it's been in his stint so far at this school, is this his final shot?
1: I mean, they put Willie Taggart on the short leash, so I mean, I don't know if he's gonna get any. You know, like, you got you had three years, three years, and it's not even it's not even fifty percent right now. So I think, to me, this year, if if they can, they need a couple big culture wins. What I mean by that, they need to beat a Clemson, they need to beat a NC State, they need a couple big home games, especially home games for them, because you look at like typically Florida State, you travel Florida State as like traditionally in the ACC. That's a game where like. That place is rocking, like Doak Stadium. That's, that's a place you you go. You're like, man, I'm going to play in Tallahassee. Like recently, they just they just got to get some more buy-in. Like a lot of even their fans don't show up to games. Like stuff like that has just been non-traditional. So I think this year you need it. They did a couple big wins. Program was looking at their schedule. I, they got NC State on the eighth, which would be a big win. They got Clemson following. They got two. They got NC State and Clemson back to back. Now that's gonna be an interesting little October for them if they can get one of those games. I thought that puts him in a good situation.
0: Interesting is a word. Also terrifying maybe is a word.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. like
0: I, I'm, I, if you can't tell, I'm kind of out on Florida state. I just think across yeah. this conference, like uh, we've sort of said well, what the formula is to compete. It's return a well, bunch of guys on defense. It's have a great quarterback. Florida state doesn't have that right. Hack?
2: Here's Greg, here's, here's something that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw at you. I made. I had a take similar to this, you know, when you look at programs, history of college football, standard of winning. I brought up Nebraska. Where do you Hmm. turn if you get your prodigal son and Scott Frost out of there? Is that a destination job any longer? Is it? I think Florida maybe, state maybe is not is Florida, Florida state, state, state still is. that I think that's the line they're towing though. Right. Like I think that that is the line they're towing because I think the next guy stepping into that understands that he, to your point, Darian is going to have to establish and or reestablish a culture because I don't think Norvell has right. done that up until this point. Um, right. And that's something that Florida state has always had the guys, when they step in that locker room, they understood the history of the program. They understood the weight that, that, that bared and they shouldered that. And, uh, and and performed uh, accordingly. So I think that that's the only, that's my only scare of like jumping ship too quick on two coaches in a row. It's making that job less and less attractive administratively um, let alone all of the other issues that I think are going on down there from a culture standpoint.
1: Yeah. I, I like, I, mean, I like what you're saying because the only person that could come in and fill those shoes would have to be a big time name, like a, like a Deion Sanders, like honestly, like to where you, you have the confidence as a human being to go in there and be like, we can make this thing work. But if not, I'm still going to be myself. Like it's, it's tough. It's really tough. I mean, their whole recruiting pitch is getting them back to what they've been. Like you look at the last decade, I mean, they, before Clemson took, we made our run, it was Florida state's league. with the Dalvin cook era, James Winston era. And so that's what they pitched to recruits. And so I would love to see them make that leap because Traditionally, we think of the ACC, Florida State has been that. But the past, like, seven years, it's been tough. And the past, especially two years, 8-13, and they haven't been the team that everybody wants them to be. The
0: The other thing I would say just in evaluating how short of a leash someone has, maybe in light of the fact that this has been Clemson's conference for five years, and all of a sudden last year, Wake Forest is at the top of this division, right? We made our own Wake Forest jokes five minutes right, ago. Right,
1: right.
0: So what does that say if you are a coach who's heading into his third, fourth year and you're still finishing at the bottom of that division? When
1: the door is don't, open, it doesn't both. I, I get I agree with that. Don't forget, I mean, Pitt. But the expectations
2: like, though too, Greg. Right, the right. expectations are, are different. You know what I mean? If Wake Forest has a season like that once every 10 years, Great. They're probably going to keep paying that guy. Florida State, the expectation is different. So, you know, when you're dealing with that, you have to you have to balance the the weights of both of those issues in terms of consistency and relevance and expectations and meeting those. And that's a tough weight to balance. But you have to have buy in top to bottom. I'm talking administration all the way down.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Back to the the original hypothetical hack of that group, yeah. Louisville, Boston college, Florida state,
2: who are you highest on heading into the season? I actually agree with Darian. I think, um, I'm a little bit old school. I think the fundamentals of football, although there's a lot of flash and all this other stuff in, um, fads continue to go, but being able to run the football and defense carries, um, Floor, uh, Boston College had a spectacular defense last year, third in the conference. Uh, that's yeah. always been a part of their DNA. Um, and I think if I'm going to throw my hat in a certain ring, I'm not going to go for the flash, burn it down, have to win 45 to 42. I'm going to go with the guys that can stop the other team, control the ball on the other side of the foot on, uh, on the offensive side of the football, and then be able to make plays off of that. And I think yeah. when you have a guy like they do as their trigger man. Um, there's a good chance to uh, to to let him get a little bit more comfortable into year two and three here, and and see what see what happens. Yeah, yeah, I, I could
0: squint and see Boston College's formula to a path of winning this division here, similar to NC State's. Right, it's return a bunch of guys on defense. I, they were top three in scoring defense in the or in the conference last year. And have a quarterback that can win you games and make plays when it matters. And I think across the board, I would lean obviously NC State. That's why we talked about them as a real competitor to Clemson. Right. Austin College still a tier below that, or a pod below that, as we like to say. But uh, I agree with That'll you guys that, that there pods. could be separation. Look, I love the pod <laughs> model so much, man. For anybody wondering what this pod term is, we're gonna get to our our rankings from one through the bottom of this conference to end the show. Hack's a little bit of a I don't want to say diva because he's the face of this thing. You know, he's the pretty face of the field of twelve. He likes to play by his own rules for that. He likes to go pods. So we'll see. I've allowed him to do that by the way. I'm a, I'm a hack advocate for that. That's stock. And I appreciate welcome, that, Greg. You're welcome. I appreciate hack. it. All right, let's uh let's jump divisions here. Let's go to the coastal uh a right. division that doesn't have a big monster in it unless you're buying into the Miami preseason hype. Mario Cristobal is here. He's got the flashy staff, the new coordinators, Josh Gaddis, Kevin Steele. They return starters. They return the quarterback. All that's fun. It's great to say out loud, but I want to remind people this team was three touchdowns away from Alabama last year. They were three touchdowns away from Michigan State last year. There's still a little bit to go as far as on-field wins go to compete with the best teams in the country. Darian, I'll go to you first. How excited should Miami fans be? Can they really run away with this division potentially, or is it going to be closer than people think?
1: All right, this is a side note. This is something I I am disappointed in Miami for. Now, listen to this. I thought the best thing they had going for their program the last five years was that turnover chain. It was obnoxious as hell. But I was a look, y'all got the, they got it, they got a bunch of turnovers. They might have led the league like the past however many years. You know, like, I get crystal ball wants to come in and build a new culture. But bro, that might have been the most, one of the most Miami thing, having a gold Cuban link. <laughs> and then the sec, at the same time, it worked. Like it actually produced results. So that's neither here nor there. I'm not, a, I don't, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a Miami proponent, but like I thought that was crazy. Thought that was a crazy thing to go in there and take the chain away. Thought it was thought it was a little weird. Um, but my take on Miami, look at the end of their season. Obviously, the once Derek King went down, you look at what Tyler Van Dyke, his, his resume from last year, put up a lot of yards, was very efficient, throwing touchdowns. Low His inter- touchdown interception ratio was very good. But they won five of their last six games, which, which is a big thing when you think about building a program and, like, carrying that into the offseason and that being the momentum you carry into the season. I mean, winning the five of last six games, a lot of teams probably couldn't say that. At any level, um, they lost a lot of games. They lost were very early on in the season. So you look at how they're thinking about how they finish their pride, their confidence going to this year. I think it's very high, and it has a reason to be. So actually, won and they won games, and so and like similar to Florida State, I think their their alumni base is probably one of the, the most more proud, most proud fan bases and alumni bases in the country. You look at the U, the amount of NFL talent they've had the persona, the celebrity status, and so everybody wants to see those guys, the UB back. Even when they were in the AC championship, I guess that was 2017, that was one of the best years they've had the last five years, and so I think their administration, everybody wants to see them get back, so that's why they paid Cristobal. The money brought him in, a big-time hire, and so, I mean, they have the momentum, they got the, the culture, it seems like, in Cristobal, and they got the the expectation, at least the pride, to go out there and do it. But can they do it? Who knows? But Tyler Van Dyke, he's a, a, he's a better quarterback than De'Aaron King was. I think De'Aaron King was a great playmaker. But as far as, like, putting the ball down the field, I mean, he gives them that ability to really make those big-time plays.
0: So what you're saying, though, Darian, is the ACC swag as a whole is at an all-time low because we lose the yeah. turnover chain. Yeah. And then not only do we lose the turnover chain, though, Davo Swinney's hitting the gritty – that's supposed to carry this for the whole conference.
1: Oh man, oh. look, I, I'll I'll give, I'll give you that one. Look, he did get he did get they call it like slack fat, but it wasn't terrible. I mean he got he got a little honest, freaky something. with it, dude. He got a little freaky <laughs> with did. it. He did. It was it was good. Like, I mean, what other 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that much, you know? But whatever. <laughs> but no, nah, uh, Jeff Goodman look, is not, I'll tell lights, you that. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Don't worry.
2: It was Dabo on. doing the gritty.
1: Um, it took my lights out
2: yeah dang dude all the power um I'll, i'll i'll touch on this a little bit though i i think uh miami miami's got a soft spot for me because i think the foundation of that program was built similarly but not to my program and my alma mater. I think there was a very blue collar us against the world. We're going to do it our own way. And I think that goes back to the national championship game back when Penn state and Miami, both, uh, both faced off. It was, you know, you know, the straight and narrow and then, you know, the, the berets and all that whole, that the whole thing, man, like you saw, you saw two totally different uh, mindsets, but at the end of the day, when you cut through all that, the foundation was, Blue collar, our own way, we're going to do it a certain way. And I think bringing in a guy like Chris the ball who understands that, who is there for probably your most prominent years or a portion of your most prominent years program is great. Um, and I think getting Miami back is going to be big. I think they have placed, I think they have pieces in place this year, similarly to what you touched on, Darian, at, at the quarterback position. Um, in terms of recruiting talent, they do not have to go far. There's plenty of talent and right all, in their backyard. And I think I'm telling you all of them would kill to be in Coral Gables on a consistent basis. Cause that's a fantastic destination,
1: but hundred percent.
2: Yeah. I'm telling you, man. But um, I really do think that Miami is poised. Uh, I'm very curious to see what type of mentality that team comes out and plays with. Uh, it's a wait and see for me. Um, but I'm optimistic because I think they have the right people in place. They have the right um, direction that they're headed from top to bottom Head coach, all the way down to the to the to the athletic trainers in terms of where they want to go with things, because I think that's how Crystal Ball is going to run the ship. So um, I'm excited to see how it develops.
0: I feel like Hack just pulled like a, a Simon Cowell America's Got Talent, not a yes or a no, but like a come back in a year or two, and we'll we'll see. We'll we'll keep an eye on you, and we like. I thought it. I did it's it pretty. Right I thought now. I did it
2: pretty elegantly.
1: It was. It
0: was it very did, nice. It, did. it, it was smooth. It. I
1: also, want to say I this about it. Miami. Because Hack hit on this. I was down there training for, like, my NFL combine training. Look, if they can figure out how to win games, they will not lose any more recruits in the state of Florida. <laughs> bro, I mean, what?
3: It's Carl no Gables, Gables, Bro, bro it's Cole, Gables.
1: You're close to Miami. you in the city. Look, that, those people people are leaving because they want to win. So, and them can figure that out. And look, let's, let's touch on this for a quick second. Let's talk about NIL for a quick second. They're in one of the biggest markets in America, if not the world, in Miami. If they can figure out how to win some games, they're going to be loaded with money. Probably already are. But well, we I mean, like what
2: you said, though. I mean, look at look at look at the NFL talent that's been there. They they've been begging to get behind the program. They've been begging. Right. And they right. haven't had it. And now they finally have one of their own in Mario. I think it's just – I think it's the perfect storm, man. If they can if they can put together a solid year this year and then continue yeah. to build on it with another good recruiting class, watch out. You might be back. Yeah.
0: John Ruiz, Field of 12, phone lines are open. Call us if you want a partner. I mean, we are right here,
2: wide open.
0: Uh, all right, let's, let's move to other teams in the coastal here. I, look, I'll be honest – it was who I cheers to at the start of the show. I'm going to try to put my personal resentment aside here, but the team who thinks that they're next in line is the Pittsburgh Panthers and Pat Narduzzi. Yeah. I mean, the man said, quote, unquote, if Michigan state's one of the best big 10 teams, let's go to the big 10 and win it every year. Unquote. That's a real thing. He said just weeks ago, this team has won more than eight games in a season. Once in seven years, With Pat Narduzzi as the head coach in the ACC, hack. I mean,
1: I'm not the only one. He doesn't even own the state. He doesn't even own the state of Pennsylvania. He doesn't
2: even own the state of Pennsylvania. So, and that's a there's a Big Ten (laughs) school in the state of Pennsylvania. So, I I just I find that very hard to believe to say that he's going to now go and just you know skip skip state college and try to get into uh, Michigan and then you know. Rub, rub heads into Ohio. There's no way, dude.
1: No shot. Sounds like sounds like a, a quick case of amnesia. why yeah. you, know, you know, like look, look, look. Let's call yeah. it. I think Pittsburgh was. We played the AC Championship in 2018. We won it all that year. It was a, I remember that game? Rainy game and Pitt, pit like NC State, like both of those coaches are very hard nosed. They play tough. Those guys believe in what Narduzzi is doing. Just like the guys at NC State believe in what. Doran is doing and so I, I kudos to what they've done last year I don't I'm not it, last year wasn't a fluke for them because their whole program for the last couple of years has been built for that year but to say that I don't know if they can follow it up because a lot of talent they had a lot of guys they were putting in especially like Kenny Pickett was an extremely good talent I mean obviously and you know, I feel like he's gonna have a great NFL career you look at Jordan Addison Kenny Pickett's gone Jordan Addison's gone they returned a good running back there but I feel like that—that that was they had waited their entire careers to finally make that leap. Same, similar to Sam Hartman at Wake Forest, you—you—you kind of come in as freshmen. They paint the picture, and they, you know, they give you the vision. Here, what we want you to be in three or four years. We're gonna run the league, and they did it. They literally did it. But the question is, can you, is there another is there another Kenny Pickett who's gonna play quarterback? Uh, can you get another Can you get another Belenikoff person? Their defense uh, is gonna be good. Don't get me wrong, the defense is gonna be good. But there's a lot of question marks to where like. I'm just not – I'm not sold.
2: I literally – I think the Jalen Addison things is the example that you need. If if Jalen Addison was at Ohio State and won the Blitnikoff, he's not leaving Ohio State to go to USC. Right. I don't care. I, I don't care how much money they're, they're no, you're offering. You're right. Like, you're right. my thing is, is you got a guy that leaves the program to go to another destination school – uh, you know, you lose your quarterback. I, I Pitt just isn't sustainable to me. I don't think it's a, an, an attractable enough location. I, I, I just don't know if they have enough buy-in. I don't know what it is, but they are in that to your point, Darian, get a great recruiting class, develop them over two or three years. take your lumps and then hope that you get two to three good years out of them. And then start right. that process all over again. Similar to Iowa, similar to Northwestern. There's certain geographical things that play into that. And if Narduzzi would just own that, great. But to say that he could go in and compete in the Big Ten East consistently, week in, week out, that is insanity. That's one of the best divisions in college football. He should be thankful Western Michigan's not in the Big Ten East
0: because, oh, wait, Pitt lost to Western Michigan last season, hack. I mean, again,
1: there's a little bit of delusion here. Yeah. And it's to that point, I the point you just made about Jordan Addison is to me it, it goes both ways for culture. I think him leaving to me, like like you said, if, if you win the Balinakoff, like what kid is winning the that's like when you win you basically won the, the one the best awards of like, you like you've dream about that. Why would you leave the school that put you on? To me, so that that that's a bad look for culture in the same vein. I think a lot of guys, I've seen stuff from Pitt from throughout the summer. They've kind of rallied in the, in the opposite way of like, like, no, we're Pitt. Like he left, which is good. We're going to band together stronger than ever. And so we'll see. I mean, they, they got a lot of momentum. They got the belief. Like you said, as a program, you want to see they beat Clemson. They won the ACC championship. They got, they got a trophy. They got hardware now to showcase what their program could do. But like you said, I don't, I see them as a developmental program. I don't see, they haven't, recruiting-wise, I don't think they've gotten to the point they can just reload each and every year. They got their one good year. Narduzzi will be hired for the next four or five years because he brought him an AC <laughs> got championship. Got a nice extension. <laughs> right, which, which, which <laughs> yeah. hats off to him. But can they reload this year and be another AC championship contender? I don't think so.
0: So my thing with the Coastal – is that I I'm desperately looking up and down this division, looking for a team that I can talk myself into. So I'll be honest. I, I don't think I can get there with Miami. Like you said, hack, give it a year. I want to see what this team does in year one with Crystal. I don't think this is a year. They're just going to run through the ACC Pitt, Look, they return 15 starters. If I squint, I can see it because even though they lose Addison to USC, they bring in a big name from USC in Keaton Slovis, a guy he threw 3,500 yards as a true
2: freshman. You guys at USC,
0: like yeah. he he could be that guy, right? Could he step in to pick his shoes, hack?
2: But they lose, but they lose the offensive coordinator who goes to Nebraska. So there's a lot of things that go into it, man. Like I don't know, he could, he might be able to, but you know, I mean, I I going to stick my neck out here. And uh, backyard where I grew up. Um, I think offensively, this is kind of the perfect storm, Wake Forest type situation down in Charlottesville this year for this side of the division. I think
1: Brennan Armstrong. I like this. I like where you're going back. I, I, I like back. where you're going. I like where you're I, going. I, my
2: my biggest my biggest points of contention at at the University of Virginia is defensively can they step it up a notch and really it's just a notch can you can you create some more turnovers and give Brennan some short fields in that offense Um, and then from an offensive line standpoint can you give him enough of a running game to be able to command a little bit more attention in that box and allow those guys outside who they have coming back who are they might have one of the best receiving cores in the ACC from a talent standpoint
1: no doubt and Allow
2: those guys to go out and make plays, man. I think I think in this division, the University of Virginia, if they can overcome the offensive line and the defense can step it up a notch, they might be my sleeper, like Wake Forest Cinderella story pick. Look in that side of the division.
1: I'm, you know what? I'm not, I'm trying to be biased on the show because my former running backs coach for five years, Tony Elliott, just got the job there, and. I wasn't – I've kind of been oblivious to scheduling throughout the years because I just feel like Clemson We just be whoever we play, whatever. But last year kind of won't we'll be up to that. We lost to Georgia first game. Um, but scheduling matters, to, especially the school like Virginia. You look at last year, they were, two, they were two and two first four games. In a program like that, I feel like it's easy to get your spirits broken because, like, you believe all summer, you believe, and then you go and you're two and two, and it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same year all over again. So it's just easy to, to kind of go back into that Same whole old song mindset. And dance. Yeah. Yep. After a coach who comes in there, he's hyping you because obviously you have to do that at school like Virginia. Get, get these guys riled up. Hey, this is going to be the year. It's going to be the year. This year, they open up at Richmond. They go to, to, to Illinois, who they beat last year. They got ODU at home. They go to Syracuse and go to Duke. Those are their fi- first five games. And they got a lot of belief with Coach Elliott, the new culture he's bringing in. Which I think is he's gonna. Those guys, if they're not gonna be anything else, they're gonna be detailed. That's one thing. That's that's that was a mantra of his running back room and his offense. We were very detailed. No matter what happened, we were detailed and we were gonna communicate. And so I think that those bringing those things, whether on the defensive side or offensive side, gonna be critical to their success. And so if they can come out and potentially be four and one, five and o, those first five games. I mean, they got Louisville and Georgia Tech after that. First seven games. Listen, first seven games, Richmond. Illinois, ODU, Syracuse, Duke, Louisville, and Georgia Tech. And then they go to Miami for the eighth game. Those it's first up, seven man. games, I mean, it's setting up potentially to be – they, they could make a really good run. And all if they get to that point, they have the belief anybody can be beat. Because nobody on that side to me is a powerhouse like a NC State. I mean, not a powerhouse, a strong – I'm not calling NC State a powerhouse. A contender <laughs> like like, our, like the our side. So I think Miami could be beat. I think North Carolina can be beat. Pittsburgh can be beat. There's a lot of
2: question marks, man. I like, mean, I mean that a, it's, side it's of the division is like, it's, it's a coin flip because your Virginia, your Virginia tech isn't what Virginia tech used to be. Your Miami isn't what Miami right. used to be North Carolina losing Sam. Howell, they got some playmakers outside question mark at the quarterback position defense kind of stunk last year kind of was underwhelming they're really undervalued like you don't really know and I think from a consistency standpoint guys in Charlottesville should be sitting sitting happy right now dead red and, and ready that,
1: rip and this is a this is a point too so you look at Virginia over the last five years the Virginia was in the ACC championship in 2019 so that was three years ago so, so there's some guys on our team seniors red shirt seniors, that have tasted and seen what they what it looks like to win that side and and Different to our side, usually the person wins that side. It's more of like a, like a conquering demonstrative. Like you won, you beat everybody on that side. It's always like somebody. It's a coin flip. It's like this. It's like a two-way tie here, three-way tie. Somebody gets. I don't know how they settle it out. And so, if they can be in the mix this year, which I think amongst the Miami, Pit, like being in that mix, I, I like a good year for Coach Elliott at UVA. He's got the support. They got the belief. Brennan Armstrong, to me, once again, like a like I feel like people don't recognize the numbers he's put up the past couple years. Bro went crazy last year. I mean, he
2: can play, man.
1: Yeah. He kind of gives me that, like, this is all right. Don't, don't go crazy with this comparison. It's the only parts like the parent because he's a lefty. That's the only, only quarterback I know is a lefty. But he does a lot of quarterback runs, almost Tebow esque, but like he's tough as hell. And Coach Elliott is really big on quarterback runs. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, hey, as, hey, uh, but here's, play but here's style, the thing. play style.
2: I would compare him more to like, and this is going throwback, but like Steve Young-esque. I don't think he's right. like, like, but like Steve Young made plays with his feet, like Brennan can get out and get busy. Um, he's pretty deadly accurate. Uh, I, I haven't watched a ton of him. I've watched enough of him to yeah. be confident enough to say, with what he's got coming back outside, his production last year, and what I saw, I think this year they could turn the corner. Again, biggest question mark is up yeah. front. Can his defense and up front, can they give him a run game that they can at least expand upon offensively in terms of play action, RPO, all the other fluff that comes into it, but they need to be able to run the football and defensively, they need to get a little bit more. They need to go up. They don't need to go up two or three notches. They just need to probably go up a notch or two.
0: Ladies and gentlemen at home watching this, I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Cause I just am sitting back finishing my whiskey Wondering if Steve Young or Tim Tebow is a more generous comparison for Brendan Armstrong, right? I genuinely don't know which one's more nice to Brendan Armstrong. I mean, Steve Young had the pro career, right? But Tebow's yes. generational in college, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: You yeah, guys are hey, nuts, I mean, man.
0: That's what
2: I'm trying to tell you. Come
0: on. I, what, what I'm, but what I'm saying is, is Greg. But, play style. But play style. Hey,
2: Greg, that's the issue, though, is, is people who, when people make comparisons, they immediately go to accolades, what they did, yeah, all these yeah, things. Yeah. Right. I, I'm taking it more as like when you turn on the tape, you take the number me. and the name off the back of the jersey, and you watch two people do things. Right. What does it look like? Are they similar? That's, that's where
1: I drew my comparison. That makes sense. I'll back. I'll back up my comparison with Tebow. I when I see Bernard Armstrong, he's not the type of quarterback that's gonna run out of bounds. Tebow wasn't either. And so that's where I think of like tough, physical. Lefty, he is. He's a tough physical, kid. Physical. He's tough, and I think middle, to middle that, small town Ohio. Like he's right. a tough kid, and yeah. that's what's gonna take them over. I think if they're gonna make that leap this year as a program, one the the, the momentum of hiring Coach Elliott, a big time coach, with the the, they had a good offense last year. They just could never, they couldn't stop anybody. So they can put it all together this year. I think they can make a, they can be in that pod to make that leap. But at the bottom, they're not the top. They can be in that pod to make the leap.
0: <laughs> the pod. Uh, hack of our field of 12 QBs, who's the most likely to, to not run out of bounds? Is it you? Is it Bryce? Is it Trevor? <laughs> who's going to run through a guy instead of ducking out of bounds?
2: I've done it. I know Trevor all of us have probably done it and I got enough respect for those guys man I think all of us would lower the shoulder if it was a third and 12 and we were a yard and a half short business decision we don't make those we, we we lay it out for the team Bryce might Bryce might Bryce might but I love Bryce but Bryce might
0: Hey, you all got some merchandise to protect. I understand it. I'd respect you either way. I just had to ask. Uh, and look, Darian, I know Tony Elliott's your guy, but is it safe to say between the, the three new hires of head coaches in this division, Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, Tony Elliott at Virginia, and John Shire at Duke, is Tony Elliott the best of those three?
1: <laughs> You're hilarious, bro. You're hilarious. I,
0: I just, just want to know. <laughs> I'm just
1: curious.
0: Uh, look, no, it, for it, sure. If you're watching this at home, we appreciate you. This is the Field of 12 After Dark. We're gonna be here all season long. And yes, I see the YouTube chat being like, "Greg does football too." You're damn Skippy. I do football too, <laughs> and I'm here all year with my boys, Darian, with Hack, and with the rest of this team. It's gonna be a blast. Let's do our rankings and then let's wrap right. this show. All right. Uh, so we're we're gonna go reverse order, and we're all gonna go one by one together through this. So I'll I'll okay. say the number, right. and then we'll go we'll go me then Darien, then Hack in order here. So 14th, right. I've got Duke.
1: I I second that. I have Duke as well. The, Duke, the Blue Devils. Duke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you doing this on the fly? <laughs>
1: Are we going to get No, no, no. no, no. no, no. I, got, I, got, I got my list. My list okay, It's my here. List is written it's down. So, it's look, here. set in stone. It's here. This has been... I don't have a pen anymore. This
0: is this is my list. Okay, okay, respect. I'm just checking because I know Hack likes to play by his own rules, and I love his own rules. Thirteenth, Georgia Tech.
1: That's crazy. I got Georgia Tech. No joke. I got Georgia
2: Tech at thirteen. Oh, well, here, here here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm a pod guy, as <laughs> it's been established. So my my thirteen is Syracuse because I think it's you know I think it's a toss up. I
0: think they're, they're, coming we'll they're, we'll
1: they're coming soon. They're coming soon. So I'm, we're we're in the same pod. They're coming. Yeah, soon. I going
0: to say, good good segue. Twelve for me is Syracuse.
1: I have Syracuse as well. Twelve
2: and twelve for me is Georgia Tech. So we'll just <laughs> look. It's a, great start, look it's a great yeah, start. Yeah,
0: good start. It's a good start. Eleven, Louisville. Hmm.
1: I got Virginia Tech.
2: You got Virginia
1: Tech. I'm not sold, bro. Wow. But I got VT. Wow. 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 Yes. Okay.
0: All right. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving because a lot of these names in the middle, I think we're going to have eyebrow razors here. Number 10 for me is Boston College. I think I'm way lower on them than you guys are. I got
1: them 10. That's crazy. That's crazy. I got Virginia. Look, I'm go who's, man. I just gave y'all my pitch. Go (laughs) who's.
2: Wow. Go who's at 10?
1: Go who's. Dang. I got Wake at 10. Now, after all that, all that program building, you are gonna put them at ten? Now they, I they, they like, lost Sam
2: Hartman. I told you, I'm not buying
1: it. I told you, I wasn't
2: buying it. All
1: right,
2: all right.
0: So number n- number nine, Virginia
1: Tech. I got Louisville. Look, I think Malik Cunningham's gonna split out a couple games. He's he's freakish. I got Louisville at nine. I got Boston College. Okay, number eight for me, Florida State. I got UNC. I think hey, Mac Brown's due for another like really good year. He kind of comes every year. It's like every other year for Mac Brown. This is this is the next year for him. I
2: got Louisville at eight, because I do agree. I think I think Malik Cunningham can win them some games that they're not supposed to win.
1: No, Happens every one, year, baby. Money no, line. Louisville, yeah, money he'll, line. He'll he's gonna have a crazy stat line a couple of games where it's just it's gonna be a shootout. He's gonna do too much than another team wasn't prepared for.
0: All right, into the top half here, number seven. I've got the Deeks, Wake Forest. Mm.
1: I got Florida State, man. I want to see them back, baby. I got Florida State.
2: Similarly, I want to see Virginia Tech back, and I'm supporting my guy Brent Price. So I got I got the Hokies at seven, um, mainly because he's going to bring that lunch pail, Bud Foster defensive mentality back there, and he's got my guy Tyler Bowen pulling the trigger on the offensive side of the ball direct in traffic. I think they, I think they're headed. I think they're headed in a good direction.
0: Where are we at in the pods right now? Hack? Is this still
2: pod two all the
0: way down so here's, to 13 years? No, so here's pod, my thing. So like my
1: pod two,
2: this is, yeah, this is definitely pod two. My pod is like 14 to like 10, 11 is kind of like interchangeable. And then from like 10 and in this conference to three is completely wow. interchangeable. And then pod one and pod the ultimate pod is one and two. And unfortunately, they're both in the same division.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good to know. All right. Six for me is North Carolina. I agree with Darian. I think uh, we probably should have spent a little more time talking about the Tar Heels. I could see him. We, we could here. have.
1: Yeah. Um, like I told y'all from the jump, I think Jerkovich is a guy. I'm going to Boston College.
2: Respect. I respect that. But I'm going six at North Carolina. Um, question mark <clears> at <throat> the quarterback position. Defense that kind of got their teeth kicked in. We'll see what happens. Um, but I think North Carolina could could be in there. But, again, pod two is all interchangeable. Right. Number five, Virginia for me.
1: Wow. You know, I like you for that. I really do. Mm-hmm. I like the guts. I like the guts you took, took to say that. Virginia. Go Hoos, man. Go Hoos. <laughs> um, I'm going wake right here because Dave Clawson – former coach of the year, this is going to, to me, this year will prove his program. And I say that because, no, I'm serious. Like, I mean, he built it up, but a part of having a program is literally reloading and then changing. People. You can't be one dimensional. And it seems like that is the case. Well, I'd love for that not to be his story this year. So we'll see. I got Wake Forest at five.
0: Hack, how was that, Paul?
2: <laughs> it was good because I got UVA at five as well, Greg.
1: Hey,
0: I'll drink to that, man. I'll drink to that. Except yeah. my drink's gone because when you compared him to Steve Young, I had not finished that. Uh, all right. Num- number four for me is Miami. I'm not buying them as the true top tier contender this year. I think they finished fourth.
1: I got Miami at four.
2: All the, all the shit I talked on Pitt, I got Pitt at four. Um, mm. But, you know,
0: we'll see. I got pit one spot higher. The fighting Narduzzi's at three for me. Who you got?
1: We might we might finish off the same. I got pit at three. I mean, okay. they got the pride. Here, here's the thing: they just won the AC championship. They got at least some pride. Pride's gonna win them a couple games. Now the pride, the, there might be a fall coming, but they go, they gonna do. All. I got pit at three,
2: and I got Miami at three because. It's all about the you. They got some talent down there. I'm I'm really excited about Crystal Ball. I know I got them high again. Like I said, Pod. But well, on that like side of the
1: division, ten through
2: three crazy. is is interchangeable. But I'm excited about Miami with Crystal
1: Ball. I agree. That's a good take.
2: So you're really telling me we could flip flop Miami and who's your ten? Hack? Who was tenth? I forget. You're supposed to write I get that a, down because you easy. got a, you got a graphic to show.
0: Wake Forest was 10. You, we could really flip flop Wake Forest in Miami. You feel fine with that? Apparently, yeah, Darian, I, I, so. I, would,
1: no, I would think so. Look, <laughs> you, got, you, got a, you got a proven program. You got a, cha- a program that's trying to prove themselves. I feel like put them in the same pod. Okay. All right.
0: I think we're into the top pod now, number two. Yeah. And it should be consensus. Is NC State
1: at two? It, it better be consensus. Yes. <laughs> it's, not, NC it it, NC, it's NC Clemson State at two. And it's Clemson at one. Yes. For sure. For sure. Run it down. Yeah. For sure.
0: Hey, cheers! Cheers to your Tigers, man! Back on top hey, of the man. world already.
1: Hey, man! Look, this uh, it was a perfect storm last year. We got our ten wins. I think this is going <laughs> to be a big year for Coach Sweeney's legacy. I think it's gonna make a big year for the Tigers. I, look, here, here's my last thing on Clemson. I didn't say this earlier. I've been on two ninety teams, and to me, Clemson has a chance to compete. But I don't think every year I've been there, we had a chance to win it all. And I say that because. You get a couple, it's like every other year, like we're talking about Pitt earlier, Pitt's developmental program is for them to be a contender within the conference. I think Clemson is competitive enough to win our conference, but I don't think every year we're able to really win a natty consecutive years. I think that's coming, uh, but you look at the past, trend. we won in 16, 17 was kind of like a competitive year, we lost to Bama, won in 18, 19 we go, we actually go back to back, we lost to LSU. 2020 was kind of in and running. 2021 was the year we had last year. Um, this year, I think it's, they have all the ingredients for a championship team. You got a lot of good senior leadership. Uh, you got a really dynamic offense in the making. You got a great defense. And so the makings of a good team are all there. And you got a chip on your shoulder. And so the come off last season, every year we won it all, we lost the year before. And so I, I like this year's team. I think I think this, this could be one of those years at Clemson. I think we're due for one too.
0: Hey, you, you dropped that. I've been to two So casually, much respect, my friend. That's incredible. That's an incredible. Was... <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, this was fun. Thank you to everybody for watching. Like I said, we're going to be here almost every single day of the week, all college football yep. season long, follow the field of 12, follow the field of 68 as well. Our basketball version. When that gets spinning up, we are brought to you by bet rivers hack Darian. This was much fun. I'm sure I'll see you guys great again
1: soon. See y'all. Y'all have a good night.